0: Hello! Before we get into this week's episode, we want to let you know a couple things, starting with the fact that this episode on Chapter 10 of Prisoner of Azkaban is broken into two parts because it's very long and has a lot of things in it. And so, excitingly, part two of this chapter is up already on Patreon as a video episode for our $10 and up patrons. So if that's you... This is me letting you know that that's the case. <laughs> and if that's not you, but you wish it was, go to patreon.com slash and you can make your dreams come true.
1: Uh, we also have a few patrons to thank. We want to thank Val, Quill, Hillary, Luna, Tamara, and Rosemary for becoming patrons. Y'all are the best. You certainly are.
0: And uh, we also have some reviewers to thank, which we also love and makes us very happy so to rebelicious daniel allen 96 jetty uh olive 0909 crazy keller and miss bossy thank you so much for leaving us reviews on itunes you guys are fantastic and uh with that The Gaily Prophet operates under the assumption that you have read the books. If you haven't read the books, go and read them. They're wonderful. And then come back to us. Otherwise, you're going to be spoiled. And that's your choice in this world.
1: Gay people love dogs. I'm dead. (laughs) We have to stop this podcast. (laughs) This book causes Satanism. Is left for us to rant about. There is nothing straight about Plum Velvet. (laughs) You shouldn't have been drinking when I said that.
0: (laughs) Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second
1: believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about (laughs) Harry Potter
0: now i'm hyped hello Ooh. and welcome to the gaily prophet a podcast nope a humorous yet ruthless <laughs> podcast for two queer irl witches reread harry potter and talk about it i am america's favorite griffin dandy lark malachi gray
1: and i am griffin dyke jesse blount and today we are talking about one half of chapter 10 the marauder's map because so much stuff happens in this chapter. <laughs> Harry's still in the hospital wing and sad about his broken broomstick, his inability to go to Hogsmeade, and the overwhelming trauma that Dementors cause him. Lupin promises to teach him how to, how to fight Dementors next semester when he's shaken off his werewolf hangover. The twins give Harry, gift Harry the Marauders map, a priceless and mysterious map of questionable origins with several secret passages out of Hogwarts. Harry immediately sneaks off into the nearest tunnel to Hogsmeade.
0: Yes. And we have the specialist of guests here to talk with us about this half of this major chapter, (laughs) Uh, Vanessa Zoltan, the co-host of Harry Potter and the Sacred Text, host of Hot and Bothered, and the founder of the literary pilgrimage project Common Ground, Welcome to The Gaily Prophet.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: We are so excited.
1: I feel like I need like a noisemaker or something.
0: Yeah, I like literally can't count the number of uh, comments and emails and stuff that we've gotten from people being like, you and Sacred Text are my favorite Harry Potter podcast. So I feel like a <laughs> bunch of company. people are like peeing themselves right now with excitement. So <laughs> it's exciting for them. And us. And me so we always start off by asking what your hogwarts house is
2: so i believe that housing is aspirational and so i recently transferred from um hafflepuff to gryffindor because Welcome. i feel like thank you i feel like i need to be braver in my life and so not that i'd like crushed kindness and loyalty but I was like, I think I need to leave in, lean in to trying to be braver. So I, that's just a few months old, and I'm loving my Gryffindor life. Yeah, so I'm an excited Gryffindor.
0: Awesome. Uh, you're in very good company.
2: <laughs> yes, I know. I love meeting folks. <laughs> I do feel bad. There's always like one or two people who look at me like, I can't believe you abandoned us from Hufflepuff. And that always breaks my heart. But, you know.
0: I mean, Hufflepuffs make the world go round. We can't deny that. Both no. my and Jesse's partners are Hufflepuffs. Um, but My
2: partner is straight up Slytherin. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. But
0: Is, it, is your partner a Capricorn? Sorry, I'm doing research.
2: <laughs> oh no. He's okay, a great. cancer.
0: <laughs> okay. So I have this theory that all Capricorns are Slytherins. Uh,
2: when it's... is Capricorn?
1: December, like late December, January. Because um, oh, Casper
2: is a Slytherin, my co-host, and he's a November birthday. So the two Slytherins in my life, neither are Capricorns. But that doesn't mean they're not all Capricorns or Slytherins.
0: Right. And I honestly... I just got another email this morning from someone being like, yes, all Capricorns are Slytherins. I am a Slytherin Capricorn. So (laughs) I'm feeling validated.
1: Great. Though one of my best friends is a uh, Ravenclaw uh, Capricorn. So So this
0: person that just emailed was like, like many Capricorn Slytherins, I used to think I was a Ravenclaw (laughs) and I've recently (laughs) accepted that that's not true. So just saying. Uh. Okay, so our next question that we ask all of our guests is the very casual and easy to answer. What is your Patronus, and how does it intersect with your most deeply held identities?
2: Oh, my Patronus is my dog, Rory, and I just feel like she is literally a representation of my identity because I've had her since she was a wee pup, and um, I accidentally trained her to be... A really solid combination of kiss ass and pain in the ass.
3: Uh-huh.
2: Like if we're at the dog park and someone else is like Fido, Fido, and Fido won't come, Rory will come and sit right next to me and be like, "You see how I come?" And I'm like no one called you, and she's like, "But I'm here." <laughs> and I feel like that's the way that I'm a kiss ass too. Like I'm an A plus. When like no one asks, <laughs> <laughs> and then incredible. she's like mediocre in ways that matter. Like she's not a lad on the head of my bed unless I'm not home. Then apparently she thinks she is a lad on the head of the bed. You know. Gotcha. So she is my yeah. She's my mat- patronus in all the all the ways.
0: Excellent answer. Thank you. All right, so we're gonna get into this episode starting with warning today's headlines are not funny today so sorry (laughs) starting with today's headlines united nations investigates british witching society for extreme human rights violations at azkaban prison i mean yep 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 because that's what this chapter is about. Um, And with that, we turn to the front page where we talk about all the things that don't belong in other sections of this newspaper. (laughs) Starting with the very serious question, why does Harry have a bowl of fruit? That's what he has to trap Ginny's singing Get Well card under is his bowl of fruit.
2: Maybe, Madame Pomf... Maybe did someone bring him a bowl of fruit? Hermione. Doesn't that seem like something Hermione would have brought over from the muggle world? Like when someone is sick, you bring a bowl of fruit.
0: Is that a thing
2: in the muggle world? I wish it was. Yeah. I love fruit. <laughs> I
1: mean, fruit yeah. baskets are a thing. I guess in my brain, I'm always just like, oh, Harry has like a fruit a fruit basket with the cellophane and the like terrible red delicious in it. I don't know. No,
0: no. I hope it, it would be better apples. Well, yeah. I, w-
1: I would also hope they'd have better apples at Hogwarts.
0: Okay. I still feel like it's such a, it's a weird thing to have, like, casually, as (laughs) if that's just a standard bedside in the hospital thing to have. Maybe it is in the UK. I don't know anything about British hospitals.
2: I don't, I'm not going to say something about all of British people and fruit. Never mind.
0: (laughs) I mean, you're welcome to. We're a very subversive podcast. No. Uh, You get to, you know, do, like... All the swearing that you have to hold back on sacred texts. Thank you. That I will do. (laughs) Unleash the Gailey Prophet. We uh, take that explicit icon very seriously.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have to earn it, so it feels like justified. Yeah,
2: you take it as a challenge, not just a warning. Yes. I like that.
1: (laughs) Though I feel like it really is just about the ridiculous things that we say, less about our swearing.
0: uh jesse what do you have first
1: just this chapter starts with harry being sad about like hearing his mother's voice dying and like his broomstick and it's just like it's just like crying emojis forever it is with this like the like twigs and like it's just it's just very sad
0: (laughs) i um i posted like a time-lapse video of my notes from this chapter on instagram (laughs) yesterday and like the front page is like increasingly bigger sad faces (laughs) (laughs) because it just is like so tragic
2: well you all have to get ready because it gets way sadder from here i know in our podcast we're in book six i'm like oh this is just charming sadness (laughs) <laughs> this is like cute, sad.
0: Yeah, like the, the the beginnings of the sad. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. We're gonna it's, we're gonna
1: have to work extra hard to find jokes in the later books.
0: I know. I think about that sometimes, and I'm like, should we start writing them now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> if they occur those? to you now. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Vanessa. What do you have first in the front page?
2: I mean, the thing that I'm always curious about that I think should be on the front page is how did fred and george figure out how to get the marauder's map to work right this like is
0: the burning question right yeah
2: there must be multiple ways to get that thing to show you and that it was the first thing that worked for them and like typical privileged people they think that the way that they figured it out is the only way <laughs> but like i'm i always find it very confusing that they figured it out just through dumb luck or something so i
0: a question that i have about that so we see later like when snape confiscates it it like makes fun of him right right it's interactive time so i wonder if like the i don't know captured souls of the marauders that like drive this map sort of like felt Fred and George out to be like, how much do we like you? Like, how much can we trust you? And then, like, guided them
1: towards... Right,
2: like, asked a leading question. Was like, do you solemnly swear you're up to no good? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And Fred and George were like, yes. And they were like, let me hear you say it.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Or that wink, I'm sad that that wink wasn't...
2: Podcastable.
0: Yeah, but because it makes me imagine, like you know, an ink eye showing up
3: on the map, winking at them. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm also now also envisioning that. Yeah. 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 I feel like, I feel like I've always had that question and I feel like now I'm just like, I envision it kind of working right, like a, like a very strangely programmed, like computer program or, or light, like something triggers it where, where, you know you say or write something on the parchment and it like gives you a response that allows you to view the map and like obviously there's some things probably built in if you're like i'm a, I'm a teacher or like i'm you know snape or like what have you because i'm guarantee you they, there's like a bunch of shit in there snape ever got a hold of this regardless if he was a professor or not Yeah, it's
0: kind of like those, like, therapy bots or something, (laughs) right? They just, like, programmed it to have these responses based on the input that it received.
2: I didn't know that there were therapy bots. I find that very disturbing.
0: There are. They're weird. There's an episode, I think, of Invisibilia about this woman who, like, trained her therapy bot to, like, be... Jesse. you're nodding. Did you listen to this? Do you remember it better than I do? Yeah,
1: it's like it was for... All of the, all of the negative things that the person thought about themselves, they like, programmed it into a bot, and they would like randomly get like an email or a notification that was just like, and to be like, oh, that's really ridiculous to like. And it like no. got
0: angsty and started writing poetry. It didn't write it; it stole it from the internet, but it like acted as if it had written the poetry. I it's love Yeah. I
2: gotta listen to that episode. Yeah, that's okay. really good. Great.
0: Anyway. The Marauder's Map. Yes. It's a therapy bot, question mark.
1: (laughs) There it is. (laughs) It is a troublemaker's bot. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) You know my ongoing grammar pet peeve that J.K. Rowling does this weird thing. Uh, He, comma, Harry, comma, blah, blah, blah. That's like fully unnecessary. We have it here. When he's talking about his mom, it says her attempts to protect him Harry from Lord Voldemort. There is no one else in this sentence that that he could apply to, at all. Why I love is it a written positive. That way.
2: <laughs> you and I can fight about this offline. But I love in a positive. And I love. What purpose
0: is it serving? <laughs> Wait, no. This clarity is clarity really for
2: people scanning. People are reading quickly. This is geared toward children. You want to be able to scan easily and my pet peeve is an unclear pronoun reference but there's
0: no voldemort doesn't come into the sentence until after this he and so there's no other he's in the sentence that it could be referring to to clarify
2: i I just think over clarity is not my pet peeve there's too little i love the writing stop insulting this perfect no, I'm
0: just kidding. <laughs> my, my issue with it is that you could always drop the him comma and just put Harry, Harry.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right?
0: We don't need both. And in this case, we don't need the Harry at all. But if you did want to put it there, you could just get rid of the him. Yeah. There's never a reason to put this bracketed name in there. I mean, attempts I love to protect Harry from Lord Voldemort. I yeah. try really hard not to be pedantic. This is the only one that I'm going to oh. always harp you're on. You're
2: going to die on this hill.
0: I am. Fair enough. Like, this is like the sixth time I've It's a that
2: beautiful, it's a beautiful <laughs> hill. The view is gorgeous. You do it.
1: Vanessa, I'm just glad you're here because I like don't care enough about grammar to be like, no, Lark, right, like, okay. And, and so I just like I, like I don't have any stake in this game. No. <laughs> I'm just like... What is grammar?
0: <laughs> it's uh, oh, it's over-grammared, I think, is my is my issue. I just and like I'm it. like it's you clunky. can't over-grammar. It's just too clunky. Okay. Anyway.
1: Uh I have a I have a question. Okay. Which is I think this is the first this chapter is maybe the first time either of the kids mention anything about skipping class.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm
1: just like and I'm just kind of like, in reality, y'all could just, you could, there are plenty of classes. You could have been skipping, what's his face? Oh my God. Snape? Lockhart. Lockhart. You could be skipping Lockhart's classes, double potions with Snape, like a couple like once a month. I'm just like, you. They would have like gotten a, into trouble. They take attendance. But it's like, is so is this the one thing Hogwarts cares about? Because there's a lot of things that they don't care about. And I'm just like, oh, attendance. Or Lockhart like bins. didn't
0: care about attend- attendance. I agree that right. they could bins have. doesn't either. Yeah, Snape would totally give them detention, and so would Ron at all. Yeah, absolutely.
2: I, w-
1: I I just feel like if it were me, I would never go to like bins's class. I'm like, yeah, are you me kidding either? me?
2: <laughs> the lectures are definitely up online, and by online I mean in Hermione's notes. Right.
1: Yeah. Someone's taking go. notes. The textbooks he's probably using the same textbook since he's like just past from the past 200 years. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right. The three of us have all revealed ourselves to be lazy. (laughs) I'm glad. I
0: mean, don't go to boring classes. It's not worth your time. Yeah.
1: I just don't like teachers wasting my time. I'm like, this is my life. So like, uh, if you don't, if you don't want to be here, I don't need to be
2: here. (laughs) I'm with you. (sighs) I've been out of college for 15 years and I still have a nightmare that I like didn't unregister from a class. And haven't been going all semester and have oh to take God. the final. So.
0: Oh, no. And I've
2: been out of, I mean, I've been in school since then, but I've been out of, like, school that matters for a long time. Yeah. So I'm with you.
0: I stopped, towards the end of my, my going to college, I, um, I stopped ever doing the reading because they, like, make you do the reading and then they lecture about the same thing in class and I was like I already learned this when I read it last night so like if you're going to make me be here you're going to be teaching me this information for the first time because otherwise I'm just like so bored yeah and no one right don't waste good lecturers
2: don't do that but yeah
0: I feel like my experience is that college professors are like the students never do the reading, and they're so like worn down and defeated by no one doing the reading that they're like, "I can't not lecture on the same thing that I assigned because otherwise, no one will get good grades, and the college will yell at me." <laughs>
2: See, this is the thing. I feel like as an English major, they can't lecture you about the reading. True. Yeah. And I was an English like major. Bio. Right. So, yes. That was your mistake, not being an English major.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: Most employable major. Everyone knows.
0: That's true. I, I mean, mean I, ha- I was a philosophy major for a year, <laughs> so I think I did have you beat during that time. In terms yeah, of the
3: yeah. Future.
1: I have a, wo- a woman's studies degree, which I feel like is at like on par awesome. with an, en- an English degree. <laughs> yeah. In terms of anything life.
0: within the humanities. Anyway. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Topic. What's happening? Um, Jesse, was that you? Yeah. Great uh my next is this like i like why why is jk rowling so insistent on writing so much gross stuff all i never want to read about a slippery crocodile heart ever (laughs) i have slimy thing like repulsion like issues I'm like, why, why, do you, why do you want to hurt me? Can't run for <laughs> anything else at Malfoy that's not the slippery innards of an animal. Did you no. feel that
2: way when you were 11 too?
0: Totally. I like went, I threw up and went home sick when we had to dissect a sheep eyeball. In
2: oh, I did too. I just, you know, I have a seven-year-old and an 11-year-old and they love gross stuff. Like the grosser, the better. And so I feel like if J.K. Rowling was hanging out with kids. Right. Like there's nothing. And even if they don't love it, there's nothing more fun than grossing out a little kid. I guess Which true. probably reveals something really shady about me. But I <laughs> love grossing
1: out my kids. But like most importantly, if you're going to throw something at someone's face, it needs to be the most disgusting thing. Yes. You have At your disposal. Yes. Even though I'm like, Ron, how much did that alligator heart cost, like, my dude? <laughs> like, there are, like, you're just throwing around, like, 20 gallons worth of
2: ingredients. That's like, true. dude. It's huh. probably
0: still usable post being thrown. Yeah, I right? guess, probably. Yeah, it is
2: wasteful. Know. It's too, it's
0: too <laughs> gross. I'm sorry, I can't.
2: Oh, I don't think it's gross <laughs> at all. I think it sounds awesome. Maybe it's really that I, I think Gross things are
3: great.
2: (laughs) I'm like, yeah. Did you grow up with siblings? Maybe that's where this comes from. I I loved grow. I love grossing out my siblings. Like to this day, I like burping and then blowing my burps in my brother's faces. (laughs) And I'm straight up staring forty down the barrel.
1: (laughs) That is definitely a really intense, like sibling thing. Yeah, it is.
2: I love No, doing I definitely
0: it. grew up with siblings.
2: Don't you love to gross them know. out? No. Oh, <laughs> you're a nice sibling.
0: No. <laughs> not necessarily. I definitely was not the nicest as a as a child sibling, but uh no, I just I just can't I can't I can't touch I can't touch gross stuff. I can't even like clean out my own sink trap.
2: I understand that. I really so, do. I really do.
0: Yeah, did you I find
2: know. a partner who works well with that?
0: I sure did.
2: Good. <laughs>
0: I married a builder. I really did a good job.
2: Good thing <laughs> you. Sure did. did. A
0: super useful life hack. Uh, <laughs> definitely have your own in home carpenter.
1: That's awesome. Convenient. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <sighs> All right, Jesse, what's next?
1: So, I have a little bit about the twins and the map. So. I love how they were like, you know what, Harry, we stayed up all night. Like we stayed up for hours thinking, debating about giving you this map, which is like so thoughtful and lovely. But also, LOL, you literally have two younger siblings who also could have used
2: this map. When Ron (laughs) is upset, (laughs) it's the first time. Ron in book six gets upset about such weird things and so this I forgot how legitimate this like some of his complaints are and I was like oh my god it is so messed up that like yeah
0: I mean I feel like I don't know why they're not just loaning it to Harry in this moment where they're like you need to get to Hogsmeade like borrow this map from us that makes so much more sense they're like we don't need it anymore and it's like do you have a new method of telling if Filch is around the corner? What do you mean you don't need it anymore? You totally still need it. What See, you I,
2: buy, I buy that. They're so arrogant. <laughs> Fair. They're like, they we got like... it. And there's two of them, right? Like one of them can stick their head around the shoulder, like around the corner. I really feel like they are just complete arrogant dum-dums. I love them.
3: <laughs> I would marry yeah.
2: either of them. <laughs> but they are arrogant dum dums.
0: Yes, they are. They are also like so good and pure and kind. I like know this. I love. Even them. though I think it's silly for them to give the map to Harry, I totally. feel like it's so my heart.
1: It's like, does heart. Ginny know? Because I feel like she'd be so pissed. Yeah. If really not, if not this chapter, Ginny. this book, then definitely next book when she's like stops being very blushy and is just like, you know what? Fuck all of y'all. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yes <laughs> oh. it's also interesting it puts into context harry giving them the money the goblet uh right like the tri-wizard, Tri-Wizard. tournament money right mm-hmm. like they gave him this huge gift first yeah like they have created some real like sense of reciprocity it's a very generous gift
0: it sure is it,
2: it really is
1: and I also want to say that what's also really nice about this chapter is I feel like like there's enough passages where both of them are talking where, like, I mean, I think it's really common for us as readers to sort of think about Fred and George as, like, a unit, but, like, they really do have, like, distinct personalities that comes out in their dialogue that's actually really nice.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's just, like, this is just it just highlights it really well. Uh, and I feel like Fred is the one who has, like, the flair for the dramatic is I like, yeah. feel like is like what I like am getting from this chapter. And it's just, it is really funny to me. That's all.
0: Yeah.
2: George is the more serious one. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, I love them both. And yeah. I, know. Jordan. I I love all three of them. If I was I at Hogwarts in the nineties, those would be my crushes. Yeah. You know,
1: I'm not going to lie. I have a lot of misgivings about the movies, but I really thought that the, casting they did for the twins worked really well and i don't know i did have a bit of a crush on them when the movies were coming. This is
0: the second time in two episodes that
1: you brought this up you must really mean it i i do really <laughs> and i feel like people made fun of me for it and i'm like okay but like those dudes like,
0: don't match the descriptions of the twins in the books at all they, they do not so frustrated
1: i feel like i feel like i find that a little more for forgivable than a lot of the visual aesthetic choices of the movies
0: Fair. So, i mean it is probably kind of hard to find like redheaded twin actors so.
1: <laughs> yeah who like don't suck at acting right so uh that's actually my last
0: oh my god why did my front page is so long okay so we have more excellent breadcrumbs being laid with lupin just offhand letting harry know that the whomping willow was planted the year that he got to hogwarts Just so nice to have a real plot after the hellscape that is the plot of book two. It's such a relief.
2: I love book two. We can fight about this offline. (laughs) I have a list going of things to fight with you about offline.
1: (laughs) Amazing. Editor's Cut is just uh, host host battle.
0: (laughs) Oh my god, yes. Um,
1: You... I'll like get a bell like it's a boxing match.
2: Anyway, one
0: can can love a book while also acknowledging that the plot is made of Swiss cheese. I
2: okay. Anyway, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yes, we have another instance of Lupin being a Pisces mind reader in this chapter, which I just love him so much. Lupin is so the good. best. Uh, question: Why? why in book three are we not to the point yet where harry gets to go home with ron for christmas
2: and more importantly why are we at the phase where molly is like that's cool half my kids can stay away (laughs) exactly i know it's really weird and it's weird it's like very sweet but it's very strange that hermione and ron and everyone stays behind i don't know yeah
0: because it just seems like if Ron was like, Mom, I'm going to stay at Hogwarts because Harry doesn't have anywhere to go, she'd be like, Harry should come yeah. to our home. Yeah. I'm home for Christmas. I haven't seen you for many months and won't see you again for many months. It's so bizarre. I, I agree. Don't, I don't get it.
1: I mean, I do think it's A plus friending on Hermione and Ron's. Absolutely. Side. The only thing I can think of is sort of like what happened in the last book is that maybe Molly and Arthur are just like alright cool we're gonna go on vacation to like you know somewhere where our kids we're gonna go to we're gonna go back to Egypt and visit Bill and enjoy some sun and like
0: but the other kids are going home this year
1: are did Fred and did the twins and Percy go home
0: Ron says that he's staying because he can't deal with a week cooped up with Percy interesting yeah I think it's just Ron. I mean, I guess we'll see when we actually get to Christmas. But
2: Maybe Molly is, like, fair enough, Ron. Fair play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no!
1: Uh, it's, like, Ron is the middle child, even though he has so many siblings.
0: He kind of is. That's true.
1: I'm a middle child. Middle children are great. I am also a middle child, which is why I'm, like, I understand <laughs> the, like, way that Ron is, like, overlooked by his, like, older brothers and then also the only daughter and it's just like Ron you're like no one, one of, cares one of seven and you're still and you're still the middle child I'm sorry dude yeah, yeah. Oh.
0: poor Ron poor Ron <laughs> not something we say a lot on this podcast
1: I feel like though as as the books progress I feel like cause I, my brother is a big Ron fan so he's always like why you gotta hate on Ron I'm like he says a lot of dumb shit but it's like his, like his the heart so is so of the easy patriarchy. to hate he, but like his heart is like always in the right place and he's such mm. a solid friend. Always. Like
2: his heart is sometimes in the right he's place.
1: Eighty-five percent solid friend, seventy-five percent heart in the right place. Most of the rest of it is just, just so like, you know,
2: seventy-five percent is a C. <laughs> Thank you. I mean <laughs> I agree with the numbers you gave. <laughs> I don't disagree with anything you said. I just want to reflect back to you that's a straight up C. You know,
1: the the bar is low for dudes. I don't know. <laughs> that, that is... Yes.
3: <laughs> yes.
2: <sighs> it's not anyway. Ron's fault. It's the patriarchy's fault.
1: It, a lot of it is the patriarchy's fault. Yeah. Yes.
0: Okay, here's my last thing. I just really, really, really like to think about J.K. Rowling writing out all the different combinations of the Marauders' names to find the one that, like, Flows the most poetically. Like, Wormtail, Padfoot, Mooney, and Prongs. No, not gonna work. Padfoot, Mooney, Prongs, Wormtail, terrible. Like, <laughs> you know, just going through until it's like, oh, this, this is the one.
2: Oh, I think an editor was involved.
0: Do these books have editors? This is okay, questionable. The,
2: the early
1: ones do, the later ones. Not so much. Right. No. So. This is, this is my theory that I will, that's the hill I will die on, that the later books needed much more editing than they got once they got super popular. But yeah, I don't know. I've always really liked that. I feel like it was this book, maybe after this book, where I'm kind of like, oh man, I hope we get like a really cool thing like this for Lily. And then we like never do. And that always bummed me out. Yeah. Like, it's like, we're her friends and her wacky adventures. Like she's also fucking smart and doing shit.
2: Yeah, she was just busy being friends with Snape. (laughs) Maybe
1: that's why. Oh, no.
0: I like that that's... There's, like... I I don't know where they came from, but there's this, like, accepted... Within the fan world, they've created friends for Lily that, like, all the fanfic writers... Not all, probably, but, like, many of the fanfic writers and, like, fan art creators that I see on Instagram, they, like use these same people, Marlene something and Dorcas Meadows. And I don't know where these characters came from, but it's like, that's Lily's crew and everyone's using the same people. And I think that's very sweet and cute. And I really like it.
1: But like, also I feel like, and I guess this is something I've been thinking about cause I'm just, cause I'm always just like, dude, like where, where are the rest of Lily's friends? She had to have been friends with like Alice Longbottom, right? Like, definitely the same age, in the same... Maybe they're Gryffindors? I don't know. Do we know that they're the same age?
2: I guess I just assume because... They're both in the order at the same time. And I thought
1: that Harry and Neville are the same age and probably born when everyone was just freeboning and not using <laughs> contraceptive during during a literal war. for whatever That's your fight that you're literally fighting in. Because they both somehow avoided getting murdered by Dumbledore. By Dumbledore. By Voldemort. <laughs> three times so i'm just like and then you're gonna go back to the order headquarters and just like get wasted probably i don't know so yeah. i guess in my brain i'm like they must have been friends you
0: know, that makes sense yeah at least when they were in the order together they could be older though because both of neville's parents were roars and maybe there's like post schooling for that so they might have like gone through oh, school true. and then but, had kids a little later
1: but it also it also makes me wonder though if all of the Marauders and Lily were in the order actively fighting Voldemort. I wonder if the ministry is just basically fast tracking anyone at from Hogwarts who is competent and not a death eater into like being a wizard cop. You know? Yeah.
0: That's
3: true. Like
1: there's a, I don't know. a
2: draft.
0: Yeah. Yikes. Before <laughs> we go i just realized before like before that conversation started uh the order that it does go in wormtail Moony, padfoot and prongs follows the like iambic pentameter heartbeat rhythm which is probably why it's the one that sounds the best
2: yeah very uh when in doubt shakespeare yeah
1: exactly (laughs) literally can't go wrong
0: Welcome to the politics section, where we talk about things that are fucked up. Vanessa, would you like to kick us off?
2: Yeah. So, Harry commits a crime by, like, escaping (laughs) Hogwarts and breaking into Honeydukes. It's not, like, you know, a bad crime, but he breaks a rule without giving a lot of thought to it, and then he just immediately implicates Hermione and Ron, like, without their permission, and then they basically bully Hermione into not telling. They're like, you're not going to be a snitch, right? And it's like, you know what? Another word for a snitch is witness. I just, <laughs> and like, I just feel like they're putting her in this really awkward situation. And I think it's obviously a precursor for he's about to get this present from Sirius where she does tell McGonagall on him. And I think that it... Um, it's, like, being picked away at. She's being picked away at, where, like, they're, they are being so dumb. And, yeah, she didn't ask to be a witness to this rule-breaking, and nor did she approve of it. And now she has to just be okay with it.
1: It's very mean of them.
2: Yeah, I just feel like it's, like, when you're watching your friends be, like, a little bit rude. And you don't want to be the person who's calling out your friends, but, like, they're the... They're the ones who are acting like idiots. So I have a theory called the bitch-bitch option that more marginalized people get put into an option where their options are either to be someone's bitch or be a bitch. And, like, it's when somebody behaves badly and you're, like, you can either confront them and be perceived as a bitch or you can let them walk all over you and be, like, their bitch. And Right? Like, and this is a situation that typically, like white, cis, straight men with power, like put other people in without thinking about it. And I feel like Harry does that here to Hermione.
1: I feel like Hermione gets that actually quite a bit. Yeah. In this this entire series. Yeah. Um, And I could only hope when they're adults, whenever Hermione needs either of them to do a favor to be like, oh, hey, Harry, remember that time I didn't tell anyone about you breaking into Hogsmeade and escaping Hogwarts? Watch my kids. Okay, cool. Like, I mean, she I get... does become the
0: literal minister of magic, so she can be like, by official decree, you're <laughs> babysitting tonight.
2: By official <laughs> decree, I want an apology. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, you thought you were going to go out and be cool and fight some dark wizards, and now your schedule is surprisingly empty, and my kids go to bed at nine. Okay. Yep. <laughs>
2: like... I hope that's true.
1: I, I want it to
2: be true, because, right, I feel like...
1: Hermione just doesn't get the props she deserves for like all of the shit that she yes. puts up with and all of the life saving she does for literally everyone. I
2: know. I know. I would probably be dead without Hermione. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> like I'm Same. pretty sure. So that's my uh, that's my politics contribution.
1: No, that's an excellent. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I feel like Hermione makes her choices really well like the broomstick Yes. This is like a life and death thing. She's like, "This is when you go beyond." But I do feel like the way that they shut her down when she's like, "I want to have a conversation with you," which is exactly what you should do in this situation. She's right. like, "Harry, that's a da- that's a dangerous object, like this map, and also you're like putting everyone at Hogwarts at risk." Yes. The way that they shut her down is like not in any way acceptable. They're very they're very rude. Yeah. Um, do y'all want to talk about Dementors?
1: That is literally the entirety of my politics section.
0: Same. Yeah. It's Dementors and one line that says, God damn it, stop using fairies for decorations, they're people. (laughs) So we can get that one out of the way and now we can talk about Dementors. (laughs) Okay. I have one joke about Dementors, which is that they drain... Hope and happiness, and reduce you to something soulless and evil, and that—that means that they are the One Ring and turn you into Gollum.
2: (gasps) Oh my God! Wow, you just (laughs) revealed a level of nerdery that I—I can't compete. I'm impressed. Uh, I must bow down. Thank you.
0: There's there. It's not infrequent for there to be Lord of the Rings (laughs) crossover references on this.
1: It's only going to get worse in book seven where they're like trying to destroy the horror cruxes. And I'm like, throw it into a fucking volcano the entire book. I'm like, what are you doing?
0: Yeah. And we've already decided (laughs) that the Dementors are also the, they're also the ringwraiths. So they have a very similar effect.
2: Yeah. They, yeah, they They look look like it. I don't know what you're talking about, but I believe you.
0: They're all cloaky and black and when they come by you, you like start, like Frodo starts like hallucinating and it's bad and everyone gets all shivery and terrible. Anyway, um, they're getting hungry, says Lupin. So that's why they came to the match. I have a question about ethics. Even when you're employing terrible nightmare creatures, don't you have to feed them?
1: Yeah, right. What are are they eating? That's very troubling to me. (laughs)
2: they are literally starving
0: happiness how do you ethically feed a dementor that is in your under your employment
2: what if
1: there are so many like a sad like centaurs like that makes me really uncomfortable because they're people
0: dementors are centaurs that are people wait what which ones are people centaurs oh see yes.
2: that sort of unclear pronoun reference never would happen within the harry potter series because she over explains
0: <laughs> all of the pronouns nice uh yeah i believe i
1: believe that i believe the dementors are feeding off of centaurs and that's fucked up it's super fucked up <sighs> yeah or the villagers of hogsmeade i don't know it's very
2: bewildering but it's
1: ho- it's awful no matter
2: you ha- however you look at it well and it's not it's not good in Azkaban either, right? Like these are just immoral oh. creatures that shouldn't be encouraged to breed. And I obviously don't understand the level to which they are human or capable of experiencing pain. But this is a real ethical conundrum that the ministry has created for itself.
0: Totally. It's, uh, and like where what it says they infest the dark filthy places and drain hope and happiness so like where are they when they're not here and like do they infest places that are already dark and filthy or do they make the places dark and filthy and who was like let's employ these terrible nightmare creatures
1: i just so i feel like my my troubling thought about this is that so, right, they infest, like, dark places, whatever. Muggles can't see them. What if they're just hanging out around, like, muggle prisons and, like, really seriously impoverished areas and, like, shitty, ho- like, inner-city hospital kind of places? And I'm just like... Because I'm like, that is some shit that the Ministry the Ministry of Magic would do. It's like, oh, it's just some muggles, whatevs. And I'm like... Because, like...
0: Yeah. There's
1: only one witching prison but there's i guess i don't know how many prisons there are in the uk compared to like the bajillion one prisons that are in the united states but like they still exist they still suck so yeah i
0: azkaban is like a this is a i mean it's a torture camp right like it's it's a freaking stretch to call this a prison like most people go mad within weeks and the dementors drain people of their power
1: Yeah, this world needs a, like, magical version of Amnesty International or something. Well, I do think...
2: I think that's exactly right, though. I think Rowling is intentionally trying to make a commentary on what prisons are like, given her experience working for Amnesty International, right? Like, the number one um, treatment center of people with mental health problems in the United States is the prison industrial complex. So, like, people go mad within weeks. People are taken off of their meds. People, right, like i think that that's probably right for most prisons so yeah dementors i don't i you know the only analogy that i've heard from dementors that works is dementors is depression but is but that robs them of their power pa- of their political power mm-hmm. and so i don't know what the right right like i don't know if it's like ss officers or like i don't I haven't wrapped my mind around a good metaphor for what the dementors are in terms of the impact that they have and the political capital that they hold.
0: Right. I mean, maybe they're probably like more of a system than a than individual,
2: an individual. Right? Yeah. Like, like, a, like a shadowy,
1: right. like a shadowy, unstoppable system that, like, is literally sucking you dry. Yeah. Capitalism. Like your like your, your energy and your happiness and your hope and like feeding itself. And you're just like, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. I think that's why and the patriarchy.
1: Yeah,
2: and, <laughs> yeah. You know those old chestnuts. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, wow. Yeah, just a nice living embodiment of that. Yeah.
2: Awesome.
0: Anything else about this before we move on?
1: Just the deeper implic. Once you think deeper about Dementors, it's just so fucked. It just is, It's like layers of like. Even worse things, like if you think, like once you just start thinking about like the implications of like a Dementor, and then like there being a like like a hundred of them like near a school, it's like Dementor does a lot of fucked up shit. But like this is the solid thing to be like, no, we're not having these fucking creatures on school grounds.
2: Yeah, he protects them from that.
0: Welcome to the health and science section, where we talk about things that are loosely related to health and or science.
2: Lupin says, I picked a really inconvenient time to get sick, which is such a problematic thing to say. He obviously did not get sick. He has a chronic disease that like flares up. And there's such shame around chronic diseases that that's A. B, I know he's, like, trying to be cheeky and, like, being, like, end of term is busy. I picked a convenient time. And I know that there's, like, as somebody who has, I I had, like, severe health issues for a couple of years. And so I, I understand wanting to take ownership of that. But you also just, like, super don't pick when it happens to you. And what's yeah. unfair is how relentless systems, you know, to your point, like, are. That they, like, don't make room for that. And so I know he's like trying to be cute, but it just made me sad. Like he was like, I picked a bad time to get sick. In theory, you should be able to be sick when you're sick. Like the way that we try to supersede our bodies is really disturbing. Yep. We treat them like they are inconvenient machines.
0: (laughs) It's true.
2: Yeah. Especially I feel like for
1: his werewolfism which causes him a lot of I mean, not just physical pain, but also the pain of the entire society. Yeah, like shame. like yeah. a monster and all that shame around it and like him just like having this job that he clearly has been waiting his entire life for and being like, Oh the moon you know. Yeah. So can we also
0: I I am really curious about why he looks sick after because the only thing that I can think of is that he's basically like in isolation, despite not being dangerous for the three days that he is a wolf, and like, is no one feeding him? I don't like. Think does he, he have eats. to fast? Why? I isn't he a person? A he's a person during the day. He's only a wolf at night. Like what? This is even. 'Cause Hogwarts should be safe for him, right? Dumbledore's like, it's no big deal that you're a werewolf, so someone should be taking care of him.
2: But until there's a community like while there's still secrecy around things, people don't think people don't radically think about the needs of others. Right? And so and then you have to think to ask for things that you don't feel entitled to. Right? Like there's no it I mean, it's awful, but yeah, there's nobody there advocating for him. I agree I'm with you that it's upsetting. obviously awful.
0: Especially especially because, like, he, he could literally go eat in the dining hall during the day. Yeah. Like, when the sun is
2: out, so... Yeah, I don't know why. why he goes to complete seclusion.
1: Yeah. I mean, it could also, on top of that, be, like, maybe, like, his transformations must take a, like... A physical toll. Like, such a physical toll. Even in a world where it's like... We can, like, grow, regrow your bones overnight and, like, it takes, like, a second to, like, fix you up. And, like, maybe it's just that, like, witching medicine hasn't got around to, like, oh, you feel like shit because you literally transformed into a wolf and changed back in, like, an eight-hour period. Whatever, here's, drink some chamomile. I don't, like, <sighs> maybe they just, it's, like, the thing where it's, like, we don't understand how this works and we just don't care enough to, like, try to help you medically.
2: Well, cures are but, like, always. Much like in the real right cures are always political right i mean like yeah. if we think of being a werewolf is you know a metaphor for the the aids crisis and right i mean as somebody who has endometriosis like there are about eight million medications for erectile dysfunction and even though one in ten women have endometriosis there are no medications um mm. right it's like where the research dollars are and it's who's in the right. boardroom to make those decisions
0: Mentors again
2: yeah the, the boardroom is
1: just full of Dementors. Obviously, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, also, just in this conversation, it, it just occurred to me that maybe also part of the reason why Lupin is like, Harry will do it next term, is that like, probably the emotional and mental toll is Lupin like, I literally could not even conjure anything happy in order to teach you how
2: to do this. Yeah. You know, I had to be nice to snivelous. I'm <laughs> done. <sighs> I'm at. Yeah, capacity. I think you're
0: right, Jesse, because he he does. He says that he's far from an expert on casting a Patronus, mm-hmm. which I feel like is definitely comes with an implied like that's a a difficult spell for me.
1: Yeah, cuz I was also just thinking about like fighting a dementor's like if you if you have depression, like I have depression and I'm like my medication's work really well right now and I'm like I don't know what would be a happy enough memory to, to create a whole ass patronus. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe if it's like a shit ton of like Xanax, I'd feel like great. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Fuck you dementor, but I'm just <laughs> like especially in a world where there's like no therapy and no apparent treatment for depression, if you're neurotypical, how the fuck do you produce a Patronus? Maybe you don't, and that's really sad and messed up. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. All right. Oh, the Grim. Can we talk more about Grimms here? Because Sirius is not the Grim, but he looks like the Grim, and he has, in fact, nearly murdered Harry twice now.
2: Say more. How has he almost murdered Harry? By scaring him and yes. having him fall?
0: Yeah. But... Uh, Not intentionally. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Wait, th- so that's one. When's the other oh, one? Oh, th-
0: he almost got hit by the night bus. Okay. So the first time Harry didn't even know about the Grimm, right? But he still was almost killed after seeing what looked like a Grim, but is actually Sirius. So is Sirius inadvertently a Grimm in his... And a magi state? Like what? What's happening here? What is the connection?
1: I think that both Harry and Sirius are having really shitty luck this year. It's what I think. Because <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think that. I mean, I don't think that like Sirius is a grim, or maybe it's like a, a like kind of a like seeing things that are coincidences and being like, oh, it means something, but it's.
2: Um, dogs are almost always good news. Unless they're coming with the gestapo, like always good news. So mm-hmm. no, a dog is not a grim. And I th- agree. I think that I think that Sirius and Harry are having like huge miscommunications, right? And when you're miscommunicating with someone, you've assumed worst intentions, and that is like taken to the extreme of your Godfather's trying to watch over you, but you don't know that, so you think he's trying to kill you. This is just uh, yeah, no. Sirius is a life force, not a death force. I don't
0: think it's intentional. I
2: know. I just love Sirius. Yes. No, I there's obviously something interesting going on with it.
0: I'm just curious about I don't know, like what what happens with like actual grims, you know? And is there is this experience of seeing an actual grim similar to what Harry is experiencing or is it something totally like, did Ron's uncle just like die in bed 24 hours after seeing the grim? Is that, do you actually just like spontaneously die and you don't like almost die from a freak accident?
2: It's about whether or not you believe in grims, right? I don't know. Because it's something from Trelawney. I think whether or not, you believe in them is called into question.
0: But they're real. Jesse and I actually both did, like, a bunch of research, and we had, like, a huge oh. health and science on, like, actual Grimm's. I mean, they're not, like, real, but they're, like, real folklore. Yeah. From, like, many different places. The spectral jog that haunts churchyards and protects churchyards against witches, specifically. They're, like, a, a thing. So it's not, like, a Trelawney invention. Grimm's right. are, like, out there. So... I don't know. I I
1: don't I know. think
0: we need more information.
1: I mean and I think part of it is that like Harry continuing to see Sirius in his dog form before something almost kills him is also sort of like a narrative red herring too. Like yeah. it So it's kind of like I don't know if it serves any other purpose besides doing that. Fair. Cuz it's kind of like no, like once we get to know Sirius, it's kind of just like, why don't you just like roll up to Harry when he's by the lake and like wag your tail? It's like, what are they going to do? Not pet a giant, adorable dog? I am mean, like, <laughs> but I'm again, sorry. I would pet any dog that came up to me. And I guess some people aren't like that. So maybe not. But... There is
2: a big black scruffy dog at our dog park named Sirius. Oh. And I love him. He's huge. I love him. He's so handsome.
1: I want to pet that dog. I also want to pet that dog. Yeah, we we determined that uh, Sirius is probably a Newfoundland or something. Oh, interesting. This one
2: is like one of those Irish wolfhounds. Oh, I love Irish wolfhounds. It's so beautiful.
0: We had some listeners submit uh, Tibetan Mastiffs and Georgian Shepherds, which are sort of like Newfoundlands only times like three they are as big as a lion easily they're the biggest dogs that have ever existed and i have, I have say the, the name again
2: georgian tibetan
0: mastiff oh, and tibetan. georgian shepherd
2: Ooh, okay you gave me google f- fodder for when we hang up later
0: they're so big <laughs>
2: they're so beautiful
0: they're, oh my god they're incredible <laughs> like they they take what I had imagined as, like, the pinnacle of big black dog and, like, phew, no, this is what a big black dog is. It's, just like, taller than a human when it's standing up on its back legs, like, the biggest of dogs.
2: So is there, so is this Irish Wolfhound. I just want to say I still like visualizing a black Irish Wolfhound as serious.
0: I think that's totally acceptable. Thank you. I think we... All the, all the options are good <laughs> I options. Agree. I just didn't know that those two dogs existed. No, I'm so happy. Like, Please consider these unbelievably fluffy giant dogs.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, hinky punks are also a r- IRL mythological thing. Mm-hmm. Um, also known as Will of the Wisps, which are mentioned in literature and classical art. Also Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And according to my brief Google research... Could potentially just be chalked up to bioluminescent anim- insects or plants or swamp gas, A.K.A. what everyone in the '90s said that aliens were, which is m- makes me laugh. So yeah, possibly real phenomenon.
0: I'm so in the in the mythology around them. Something that I find super interesting because I always with all of these dark creatures like last. Not last episode, but a couple of episodes ago we were talking about Grindelos and it's like Lupin calls them a demon, but merpeople people have them as dogs. So like, why are we fighting them? Um, so I'm always like, What is the motivation, right? And so I was like, What is a real hinky punk's motivation, right? Per like English folklore. And they're they don't have it. Even in English folklore, they're like bad dudes who like weren't accepted into heaven and so we're like well fuck all of y'all i'm gonna go haunt the swamps and lure people to their deaths they're just like spite demons who just who are just like grumpily killing people they have no ulterior motive aside from just to be bad which is wild i think it's so interesting their
2: motivation <laughs> is that they belonged in heaven and they got told no i would also become a swamp demon
0: they were really bad people in life
2: oh oh never mind they're
0: like killers and swindlers and one of them one of the stories was like death came and was like you have to go to hell or the devil came and was like you have to go to hell it's time to die and he like tricked the devil three times into not being able to take him and so when he finally died he like went to heaven and they were like absolutely not and then he was like well fine can i go to hell and the devil was like fuck you. I tried to take you three times already. You're not coming into hell. Be banished to the swamps, where then the dude was just like, I'm gonna kill people more. I hate all of you.
1: Also, swamps are pretty cool, so like, there are worse places to be, I feel like, than haunting a swamp.
0: Swamps are really smelly, but other than that. And
2: they have a lot of slimy things, which we've established you don't like.
0: I do not like. Also, sometimes snakes just fall on you out of the trees which i also don't like but maybe that's not true in british swamps my swamp experience is mostly in louisiana so
1: did either you have anything else
0: i wanted to know if the reason that they have to stay overnight in the hospital wing all the time even though they're better within like 30 seconds of being there is because there's risk of adverse spell reactions to the healing spells
2: hmm can you say that in a different way
0: uh, so, like, Madame Pomfrey has like made Harry stay in the hospital wing all weekend, even though he's been cured within moments of being admitted, mm-hmm. right? And they're always having to like stay overnight to be watched. And I'm wondering if it's because they might it's like like medication reactions, like he oh, might got it. react to the spell that she used to heal him, because otherwise, I don't understand why they always have to stay there all the time.
2: I also think it's. With teenagers, you just wanna make sure that they're gonna rest. Mm. Like I lived in a college dorm for seven years and kids would like have pneumonia and then think it was okay to be like running around two days later. I just feel like it's best to give them forced rest. (laughs) Fair. Rest is an important part of healing
0: do you feel like that's true in in the witching world where like healing is sort of just like a one and done kind of thing
2: we sorry say that again
0: i mean in the witching world Mm -hmm. you like have a broken bone you do a bone mending spell your bone is better so like your immune system doesn't have to do anything presumably like your body doesn't have to work to fix the thing
2: yeah Maybe Madame Pomfrey's like, I have you in my clutches, I'm gonna make sure you get a good night's sleep.
1: Yeah. That's fair. Which these kids aren't getting with whenever they take astronomy class, so like Yeah. That's true. Legit. So
2: Madame Pomfrey's just like, Do you know what? You're here. So just shh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're I would say that there's a liability issue with Hogwarts, but we know that's not true. That's not true. They
1: do not care anything about that at all. No. Nope.
2: That's why hospitals keep people overnight, but that can't be true at Hogwarts.
0: Nope.
2: Huh. Yeah. I don't know.
0: I'm thinking so much now about like are all of these people like immunocompromised because their immune systems never have to do anything.
1: Oh, interesting. I mean, Make any sense, especially considering how like sort of it's not like anything seems sterile, like they're not living in any kind of sterile environment, so they're still like and like they probably still they must have colds. Didn't so there wasn't there like a cold or flu yes. or pox in the last book? Yes. Jenny has
2: one in the perfectly plotted chambers of secret.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh so I mean, I just assume that while like say the flu or like strep throat doesn't take down witches, that that just means something else must come through and is like Cool Dragon Pox and it's like (laughs) Right. Or like, you know, maybe being faint fainting from Dementors means Madame Pomfrey's like, Well well, something else crops up, so like gonna keep you here. Okay. So, I don't know. Bodies are, also, bodies she's are
2: a lonely woman. Let's stereotype <laughs> against them and say that they always want to trick children. Because <laughs> oh they're just so lonely.
0: She doesn't seem like she hangs out with them, though. No? I don't, think Meta- she's constantly I don't think she kicking people zero fucks about,
2: about anything. <laughs> yeah,
0: she's like, leave. I'm going back to wherever I go. When Umbridge
2: is there, she does say... Um, if I wasn't worried about you kids, I'd get out of here. That's true. So she cares cares. a little.
0: Um, Jesse, do you have another one?
2: I, yeah,
1: I have one last thing, which is about the Marauders map, which I know we've already touched upon a little Mm -hmm. bit. So I just want to talk about how it basically has magical GPS on anyone who comes on Hogwarts ground. And I'm like, how, how does this work? Was, is this like technically probably mildly dark magic? Cause like, it's, you know, it still works even when half slash all of the creators are dead. And it's like, I'm just like very curious about like magical GPS.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I also do, do either of you have a concept of, like, what looking at the map is like visually because we have seven floors of Hogwarts. Is there, like, each floor represented? Is it, like, some sort of, like, interactive thing where you, like, tilt the map to see what you want to see? Like, what is it? Do you swipe? Swipe through per floor? <laughs> like, what is it? What is it like? I don't understand.
2: Like a mall map.
0: Okay, yeah. So, like, multiple floor plans. Uh-huh.
1: Yes. That's actually how I've also envisioned it, like a little bit like not like totally blueprinty, but like right, like each floor is a section in this like, you know, the rooms and the whatever is like demarcated on there. But like probably the thing that sticks out the most is like the people and their names and
0: So the castle is huge. And if you have seven floors represented plus the grounds again can can you choose like which floor you want to look at and it gets bigger because I just my eyes thinking about looking at this I'm like I wouldn't be able to see anything I just I really I really have a hard time pulling up in my imagination what looking at this map is like and that bothers me because that's not a, an issue I often have with these books
2: I ha- I can't answer except to say that I wish I could see it because I love maps. I mean, same. And so I feel like it would be fascinating.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah, this is an, another thing that, I like, the movies try, but I'm like, you guys didn't quite get the look of the Marauder's Map very well. But... I feel like in the
0: in the age of now, though, someone should create a website, like, where you you can actually like interact with the map like interactively, right? You can like zoom in and swipe and maybe like do that weird like 3D thing where you like tilt it and it moves. Because that would be so rad and it would be really cool to have maybe someone's already done this. If it's been thought of, it's on the internet, right? So, if you have the link, please email it to us.
1: I mean, a complete map of Hogwarts I think would be something that I would love to look at. Yeah. Um. Because
2: I yeah, even Dumbledore doesn't know all of its secrets,
0: which he says very pointedly to lead Harry to a secret that he certainly knows about, I'm just so saying. is that true, or is he lying?
2: An excellent question about all things, Dumbledore,
0: <laughs> yes, it's a, a blanket Dumbledore question for sure i mean
1: i I assume with the with the castle this magical and large and old there's gotta be like weird shit that like disappears and reappears or like the chamber you've like built over it and people are just kind of like forgotten that a thing is there like there's probably so much weird because i i don't know if it ever comes up but i feel like the room of requirement isn't on the marauder's map right because they didn't know about it
2: no it goes i'm in that section of book six um when people are in the room of requirement they go missing
1: yeah
0: um but so does this map mean that fred and george knew about the chamber of secrets
1: i mean i don't think the chamber is on there because neither none of the marauders knew about Mm. the map so i assume anything that they don't know isn't on the map and that Uh. a lot of things they found out is because of their extra senses being on emoji Or their ability to
2: prowl right like as a Mm -hmm. rat
1: right as a rat or a dog like you're gonna find out a bunch of cool stuff just from like drafts and scents and whatever but like the chamber of secrets like you know
2: do you think my dog knows a bunch of cool stuff that she doesn't tell me
1: Mm -hmm.
2: for sure right yeah god rory tell me
0: Whenever I'm walking in the woods and my dog is like, "Let's go that way," I'm like, "You're definitely going to lead me to a body if I listen to you, and then I'll hate you forever." So we're not going that way.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's my uh, worst nightmare: is finding a body in the woods. It can't even hurt me. I just don't want it to happen. Yeah, it, it can
2: hurt
1: you psychologically.
0: That's true. I just I think about many that when I'm
1: in the woods and also in Central Park because I watch too much S. Yes, U. And I'm like, there's, there's always bodies, bodies in Central
0: Park. everywhere. <laughs> terrible don't go there
1: it's such a nice park though y'all it's
0: really nice. just don't go there with a dog at least or don't go exploring stay to stay to the path it's not safe (laughs) anyway
1: uh Um, shall we go to
0: editorials
1: yes
0: welcome to editorials where we rant about stuff Uh, Vanessa, would you like to kick us off?
2: Sure. Everyone always talks about how wonderful it is that Ron is so loyal. And I just think that loyalty, I think that Ron is, at least in this moment, more of a yes man than he is loyal. Mm -hmm. And I would like to separate those two things from each other. Being loyal to someone is not the same thing as always agreeing with them and always agreeing with every bad idea they have. And... Again, I think it's just so reckless of Harry to be out and about, and he immediately starts defending Harry's decision. And I think that you can be, yeah, it is a brand of loyalty to be criticizing someone.
0: Absolutely.
2: So that is my rant.
0: Yeah. Ron's been on team Harry finding a way to Hogsmeade from the jump yeah this is his kind of nonsense right yeah but it is also yeah totally he really doesn't like to stop and think
1: ever that guy i feel like is ron like a bit of an adrenaline junkie kind of or maybe that's not the word i want to use but like he is definitely down and He's down for shenanigans unless they involve spiders, but they don't involve spiders. He's usually like, let's do this stuff. And I'm like, my yeah. dude, let's think about this.
2: So I yeah. dated Iran. I think that what it is is Ron, nothing really bad has ever happened to Ron. And yeah. he therefore does ca- cannot fathom that there can be real consequences. I think it's a naivete. I like. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's badly intended. I think he just like really doesn't... Every blow has been softened for him his whole life because at the end of the day, he's a really privileged kid. And so he doesn't actually think that there's a risk.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. He's
2: just like, ah, you'll be fine. My mom will take care of it if you're not. And it's like, not that's not
1: true. That makes a lot of sense because it definitely becomes really clear in book seven when Ron is like... Uh, I'm tired of this camping trip. I've been eating whatever the hell Hermione has luckily foraged for us because she wrote a book about how to eat in the woods. Yeah. And it's like, dude. Yeah. Like, we're trying to save the world here. What are you complaining about? Yeah. Right. Harry
0: talks about how he hasn't told Ron and Hermione about seeing the Grimm again because Ron would panic and Hermione would scoff. And that that uh dichotomy for harry is such a nightmare because as we've seen over and over again in this book harry has no concept of how to react when someone expresses concern and care about him which is what ron's panic would be indicating and he is so used to his feelings being invalidated by The Dursleys that Hermione's scoffing would be, like, super triggering. And so he would be getting this, like, terrible dual input of, like, I don't know how to handle what Ron is serving. And what Hermione is serving is, like, makes me feel terrible and small inside. Like, I have my whole life. And I just, like, so, so many feelings for Harry about the fact that, like, he's keeping it inside because he can't even imagine dealing with that.
2: That's so
1: sad. Harry needs a non cursed diary.
0: He does.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe the whole thing with the last diary is like I'm over it, which I guess is understandable. Yeah. He
2: needs a school social worker. Oh
1: my God. Half of these kids need a school social worker. Or he needs to be friends with Neville.
2: That is a missed opportunity and Luna.
0: Yes, he doesn't know Luna yet.
2: He should. He should. <laughs> She's over in Ravenclaw, being the best. I love her. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I feel like Neville would be great for some like non-judgmental. He seems like a very good listener.
0: Totally. Yeah, and like someone who knows how to like hold space and have you know a very like reciprocal friend support. Conversation where it's like I hold space for you, and then you hold space for me, and everybody feels super supported and validated. And both Harry and Neville deserve to have that kind of friendship.
1: They really do. Amen.
0: I did not mean (laughs) to make everyone
1: cry. All right, so I I only have one editorial. Okay. Which is how much does Lupin suspect what Sirius is doing? Because, like, at this point, he's already gotten in the castle to fuck up the fat lady. And, like, he's been spotted near Hogwarts, near Hogsmeade. And, like, Lupin knows that he is a dog on a and that he knows all of the secrets, the same secret passageways. And I'm like, it it just seems, it just seems, and I mean, I get why he would play it close to the chest because you're ex, but. Right. <laughs> and he doesn't
0: want to implicate himself.
1: Yeah, it just, I don't know. And I get why, like, he wouldn't want to, like, say anything maybe to anyone. But I just it's just it's so interesting to me that because he seems so, like, shocked at the end of the book. And I'm like, but, OK, but my dude, did you really not suspect what was happening?
2: Yeah, I think once you feel betrayed by someone, right, like when he first heard the news, how you know, 12 years ago or whatever, I think he was like, oh, my God, I never knew him. And then you don't want to open up the possibility for that person to be able to hurt you again. And so you really write them off is at least how I would read it. Yeah,
0: I feel like he even talks about it at the end of the book of like, he he like knew, but he like couldn't bring himself to like think about it really. But I, uh, I do, I mean, I feel like if he were to, you know, examine that question for himself, the answer of how much does he know is like, he completely. He knows 100% what's I think happening. That's right. But he probably also like wants Sirius to be innocent in a lot of ways too.
2: But wanting someone to be innocent makes you like double second guess yourself again. You're like, right. "Well, is he innocent or do I just want him to be innocent?" Right? Like we're often hardest on the things that we want the most. Mhm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I think this is going to keep coming up, but I just think the like conversation between Lupin and Harry was the beginning of like, this really awkward thing is happening that you're like still tangentially involved in. And it's just like, it, I mean, it makes sense just to be like, la, 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 yeah. you know, about the whole thing uh, and just bury your head in the sand. But it's just like- I
0: feel like for him too, it's like, he just landed his dream job that he knows is super precarious because he's a werewolf. And if he then comes forward and says, I, I've known this thing forever and I haven't told anyone and I did all this really terrible stuff when I was in school. Quote unquote, really terrible. I find it to be morally ambiguous, but, you know, against the yeah. rules stuff when I was in school. He is then presumably putting his position even more at risk if this was a normal school. Obviously Dumbledore doesn't give any fucks about any teacher qualifications, but you know, if it came to the point where he had to go before the wizengamot gamut, we don't know how to say that word, that, that would be public and then he could lose his teaching position. So I think as much as we adore Lupin, he maybe is very selfishly motivated to not talk about this too.
2: Yeah, yeah. Which I think he acknowledges at the end of the books, right? Pro- yeah, and I think you're exactly right. He's in such a precarious position. Why would he offer that up?
1: Right. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's just awkward about Harry kind of talking to him about it. It's just like,
0: oh. Mm-hmm. wow, editorials is so sad this week. So my last one is kind of like two, two part. It starts with oof, ouch my heart about Harry's broomstick being a best friend that he's lost. And then also encompasses him having realized that it's his mom dying that he's hearing when he encounters the dementors and that he started having nightmares about it and how realistic this trauma depiction is. And like, how the mourning of the broomstick is like an accessible thing for him to mourn amongst this much deeper trauma and how I don't know I feel like he's like clinging to the loss of the broomstick because he can handle those feelings
2: literally he can handle a broomstick <laughs> sorry
0: yes no 10 out of 10 great pun Weird.
2: it was all Thank you. you so much it was all you I did nothing <laughs>
0: But yeah, so, I don't know, it is just, like, so painful.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure I have anything to add to that. I just think that that's exactly right, right? Like, he, it's heartbreaking when he confesses it to Lupin, and it's a trauma he can handle, and it's, uh, it's one he can just, like, do a little something about, right? Whereas... The grief of losing a parent so young is something that yeah, is just too big to feel like you can wrap yourself around.
3: Yeah.
0: And like the um the recovered memory aspect of Yeah. What he's going through too is horrific. So And without a fucking therapist, how is he supposed to deal with any of this? Poor kiddo. You guys hear Rubio just like. Just growling and farting. I don't know if you can hear what's happening, (laughs) but he just is like sitting there doing both.
2: Rory likes to snore and fart at the same time.
0: Sounds perfect.
2: Yeah, it really is. She's not right now, but the snore (laughs) fart is a good double whammy she often has. Oh, man. It's actually pretty funny.
1: I love listening to other podcasts and I can hear like their pets in the background yeah, yeah. and they just don't ever mention it. And it just like, I don't know why it makes me so happy, but I'm just like, human. there's a cat in the background. Right. Or like someone's dog is like making a sound and it's so funny. I don't know. Rory, say hi. Oh my God. You should send us some pictures. We can use it on.
2: I will send you pictures. Cause here she is.
1: She's
2: so beautiful. (laughs) She really is so beautiful. That is the right reaction, team. She's like, it's time for you to get off the phone and walk me. (laughs) (laughs) Why am I still sitting here? Why am I still unwalked? Uh... I know, Bug, you're okay.
0: Welcome to the education section, where we talk about this goddamn school.
1: First off, put a fucking... Around the goddamn whopping willow. Lupin is like, oh yeah, someone almost lost an eye. What? Put a fence! Put a magical bubble! What are any of you guys doing that have this dangerous tree just flailing around? Yeah. Yep. I just I I We've gone over. I'm this. just flailing because I'm just like, so angry. They,
0: they literally. <laughs> it's definitely. Like a fifties parenting method at Hogwarts, <laughs> where it's like, "Look, you did to get hurt, you shouldn't have done it." <laughs> okay, yeah. that's helpful. This tree can literally like sneak up on you and harm you. That's not particularly useful.
1: Yeah, even like a decorative fence it doesn't have to be a full fence. It even can be a sign, <laughs> right? Like, yes. settle for a sign. Don't get within 20 feet of this tree. Like, right? Yeah. Because
0: Lupin says we were forbidden to go near it. But, like, we've never heard the kids forbidden to go near the Whomping Willow. So they clearly stopped issuing that order at some point over the past 11 years. 13 years. 16 years.
1: I mean, Fred and George have definitely gone near the Whomping Willow intentionally. Yeah kids
0: still dare each other to go near the Whomping well like of course they do what <laughs> else are children doing at this school it's not like they have swing sets like
1: or novels like i,
0: right. I don't
1: know what they do for entertainment at all.
0: or soccer like they have nothing <laughs> they all they have to do is like feed toast to the like weird squid <laughs> and dare each other to touch the Whomping well later
2: their. later they can make out
1: Right. There's probably so much making out because, like, literally, what else do you do?
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. No, there's like weird sex parties in the dungeon because these kids are so bored.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: God, I hope they have good sex ed at Hogwarts.
2: (laughs) They don't. They have no sex ed at Hogwarts.
0: I hope they have good like underground sex ed. You know, like a YouTube channel. These days are getting it from Instagram, yes, and YouTube. So, like the older kids are like, look. Someone taught me and I'm so grateful. So come on.
2: Moaning Myrtle is the sex ed teacher in the girls' bathroom. Oh my God.
0: Oh my God.
2: (laughs) Actually, that would be so
1: good.
0: Absolutely. Yes. Uh, I'm
2: here
0: for it. Oh my God.
2: So I have for education, Lupin saying, don't worry about it. You don't have to write. Snape's essay is really bad teaching like (laughs) authorities should have each other's backs or there should be some sort of like pedagogical like method at Hogwarts about how much homework you can give when you're teaching in someone else's classes but straight up disrespecting a fellow teacher and saying that assignment you were given you don't have to do especially when it's not an out of school sub but a substitute that the kids have in another class it's just really bad form and like obviously Snape's a dick but I think that this is a real dick move that Lupin is like just don't worry about it and I think it's really bad pedagogy
0: even though snape assigned the essay so that the kids would figure out that lupin is a werewolf
2: yeah it doesn't matter i think i mean like that is not the way to retaliate okay and i mean it failed
1: anyway because none of the kids besides hermione figure it the out essay. yeah
2: Wh- which is kind of like
1: snape did you really think that was gonna work because clearly no one was gonna do the this-
0: I th- I think the essay was due in two weeks and it's only been one week.
2: So do you think that that's why Lupin says you don't have to do it so that fewer of them will figure it out? Oh yeah, totally. no. Because mm, if that's the if case, then it's interesting. Because he, they
0: haven't learned about the subject yet, and what is it like? What even happens if a student turns in an essay to a sub for? like, this other class that the teacher hadn't intended to assign the essay, like, if Snape grades it, does that go into Lupin's gradebook? Like, that doesn't...
2: It doesn't matter. You you figure that out outside of the classroom. True. I
1: actually always assumed the reason he said, don't worry about it, is so no one would figure it out. Because, again, Hermione seems to be the only person who figured it out. Yeah. Per, when she was like, I did Snape's fucking essay, and I figured it out. Yeah. I did the dots. Yeah. And it's like the other kids
0: wouldn't have though I don't think because like kids are so
2: self-absorbed
0: self-involved yeah and even if they did figure it out they would think it was a joke like they'd they'd be like ah Lupin's got these symptoms lol he's a werewolf like I had a teacher in middle school who like had a new baby and so sort of always looked like he was like you know pale and like baggy eyed and whatever and we were like he's a vampire maybe he was a vampire but we didn't mean (laughs) it when we said it you know (laughs) So I love symptoms, that you but...
2: think having kids is like having the blood sucked out from you. You're not wrong.
0: Yeah, I I feel I feel for new parents.
1: Yeah. So I just want to give props to Lupin because he his first instinct was to hug Harry and then he did not. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's professionalism.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: Even though Harry really could have used the hug it would have, Harry would have been so spooked and, like, uncomfortable and also, don't hug your students, teachers, and I was just kind of like, you are the, Lupin is the only ethical teacher that we ever get at the school. True. Sure. That was just a really nice little moment that I was like, oh.
0: Yeah, and his, cons- or his like, agreeing to uh, help Harry with this thing even though he's clearly kind of uncomfortable with it is, like, the only thing that makes Harry feel okay after this, like, Unbelievable trauma. I definitely Mm -hmm. feel a lot of good feelings towards Lupin in there. Welcome to the sports section where we reluctantly talk about Quidditch.
2: So, my only sports thing is that Oliver Wood, who sometimes can seem like he doesn't understand anything that isn't about Quidditch, understands that this wasn't Harry's fault and is like genuinely being kind to him and not blaming him. Not blaming he, he, he Harry um, <laughs> for the um, for the like incident, and I just I don't know. I think Oliver Wood, upon first and second readings, I sort of thought he was this, like douchey bro, and I'm like he's a douchey bro who like cares about his players, and that felt nice. Yeah, I think he is overall.
0: He's a good he's a good dude for sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he's like a tender jock
1: type, so. hmm Yeah. Which I always appreciate. One of my nephews is a tender jock, that's why. I'm like, <laughs> Oh.
3: <laughs>
0: <sighs> Welcome to Corrections, where we correct stuff. The Marauder's Map will never again psychically intuit a question that has not been put to it and give advice. And it is just, this is like the most fundamental of corrections where it's like this does not, is not consistent canon through the rest of the books where it teaches Harry how to open. We will never see another speech bubble coming from anything on this map again. And it really bothers me, especially because that information could and should have come from fred and george who were like that statue by the way here's how you open it they were just like the statue figure it out kid and then the map was like oh i know what you're wondering right now descendium no tiny wand on a dot no all of the above no it's not (laughs) it's inconsistent and i'm annoyed by it no
2: Fair enough.
0: (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's a a great correction. Cool. Uh,
0: so we are done. We finished in our time limit, which is miraculous. And um, Vanessa, can you tell anyone who somehow doesn't know where to find you where they would go about (laughs) finding you?
2: Um, I would imagine that if you're a fan of this podcast, the best place. To find me is to listen to Harry Potter and the Sacred Text, which is my podcast in which we treat Harry Potter as if it was sacred, with my co-host Casper Turkile, who is one of the loveliest human beings alive. And our Twitter is HP Sacred Text, and you can find me at Vanessa M. Zoltan on all the socials.
0: Perfect. Thank you. Thank you both so much. Thank you so much. This is Yeah, this
2: is a, a lot joy. of fun. Thank you so much. You are for both joining us. a joy.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of The Gaily Prophet. You can find us on the internet at The Gaily Prophet on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at com, and on our website, thegailyprophet.com, where you can Access literally anything you could possibly want to access regarding our podcast, including our shop and our episode art and our comics and a way to contact us. Just go check it out. Also, it's a beautiful website. Uh, You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash thegailyprofit, where you can help keep us on the air by being a wonderful human being and supporting our work, our show art is by theo julian forrester the music in our podcast is by kevin mcleod our spoiler warning is by sarah sarwar and we would like to once again thank vanessa zoltan for joining us for this episode and being such a joy and pleasure to talk with and until next time
1: In which, and his inability to go to Hogwarts, and the overwhelming trauma that Dementors cause him. What? Hogsmeade. Hogsmeade. Did I say Hogshead? Hogwarts. Hogwarts. Too many hogs. So many hogs.